and we welcome in Jeff Haxton. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we can be on your uh, docket. Uh, we're behind Good Morning America and ESPN, <laughs> and I don't even know who else, but I'm glad you can spend a few minutes with us. Hey, anything for you, J-Mo. You're it's the good man. to hear from you. You're the man. What? Congratulations on your uh, hoops natty. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That means a lot coming from you. I appreciate it. Uh, what what a what a play. What a moment. And then to have the video to go along with it, that just really capped it, didn't it? Well, yeah. It started off with we we didn't know if we would have that um, little video of the, of the catch because the ESPN Plus cameras – and Morgantown didn't catch it. Um, no, there was no angle of it. It was just the reaction of it because once I caught it, the smallish crowd there went crazy because yeah. they, they were able to turn around. And, you know, they always turn around there because like that several places, but it's usually going to hit off the suite and then come back down sure. to them. Yeah, so everybody sure. turned around. Right. Only this one didn't come back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Or to view the carnage, or to view the carnage. If it goes into a window, you, you yeah, look up there yeah, and see yeah, who's ducking under the table. Yeah, yeah. If I'd have been seated, I definitely would have ducked. Uh, there's, there's no doubt in my mind there. But uh, it turns out, you know, we were having some technical difficulties with that behind the mic uh, because of the internet that was provided to us. Mm. So in the sixth, I fixed that problem, but I also killed the Facebook feed. Oh. <laughs> so I get back to the hotel, and the Facebook feed's gone. At the sixth, the play happened in the eighth. Oh. But I knew it was still going somewhere, so I got a hold of the folks at Learfield IMG College. Ben Conley went and looked around, and he texted me the next day. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got this, and you're really going to like oh, it. Oh, great. So, yeah. <laughs> then uh, David Collier here in town, uh, you know, he's on TV in town uh, here, came back. He put it together and edited everything and made it to where five days after the play, it went viral. Oh, absolutely viral. What's what's the number of views up to now? It's approaching 1.9 million on the NCAA <laughs> website. That is great. Play and today. It's at 640,000 on the ESPN. So we're over total over 2.5 million easily. Easily, yeah. Oh man, that's great. Did your uh you're no catcher, did your catcher instincts just kind of kick in? I think it was survival and catcher instincts <laughs> right. because it was hit so hard and I was so relaxed leaning up against that window that I was not going to get out of the way of it. Like if, if, if my brain would have said move, I'd have gotten hit. Yeah. So, uh, I just, I saw this missile coming and I just, my mind said, Hey, stick your left hand out there and see what happens. Man. And, I mean, I really couldn't see it again. It's down below. It's spinning back up. So when you put your hand out, it's really hard to see. And, it just happened up. That that is so cool. Really lucky. Really lucky. Hey, and tell Jamie he did a pretty good job uh, picking up play by play of your catch. I mean, he did a really good job of that. He did a really good job. I, I thought his reaction it made it for me, uh, <laughs> where he said hacks. You know, and I was like, oh, he doesn't call me hacks, um, but there he did. And then he just got so excited, and we laughed about it, JMO, the rest of the game. It yeah. was just, it was so much fun. Do you have the ball? Do you keep the ball? I got the ball. Nice. Jace Young signed it afterwards. Nice. We were hanging out in the uh, the the dining hall there, and he came in after I'd sat down, and I just handed him the pen and the ball, and he signed it and said, "Nice catch." And 
And I've got it. That what did the player? What was the player's reaction? I don't know if if they saw it live when it happened, or maybe just saw the the uh, video later. What what kind of reaction did you get from the team? You know, they're all so used to making big plays. They were <laughs> like, "Hey, uh, nice catch!" You know, there was nothing <laughs> nothing uh, like uh, too special about it for them. So, but they, um, I had interviewed Braxton Fulford, our catcher that morning and i said you know we started talking about being catchers and and how hard it is and how hard the game of baseball is in general and i told him that morning i was like look the only thing that allowed me to be an athlete at any kind of level and really at any sport were my hands and i told brandon uh, i told uh braxton i was like braxton i'll catch anything you throw at me <laughs> and so he came by in the, in the dining hall and said you weren't kidding about those hands. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's great. All right, what's the after effect? I mean, in the moment, your adrenaline's flowing. You said immediately that your hand hurt. Uh, did it leave a mark? I mean, uh, your fingers no bruised, marks. your palm your palm bruised? No bruise, really? nothing. Yeah. No, it it just was a little puffy going oh. into that evening, and, and that was it. It's been fine. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, it's great. It was fun to watch. It really was fun to watch. And uh, you don't get those opportunities uh, very often, do you, for a ball getting no. in through the window of the booth? I've only had it happen to me one other time, mm -hmm. and it was at Missouri State at Hammonds Field, uh, their minor league ballpark. You could raise those windows up, and it was another cold day. I mean, I, that, I made that catch when it was 38 degrees. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Um, but the, the window still goes up, okay? So it's above my head. The ball went up above my head and then had the downspin. So it came and got in the windowsill, so I lost track of it, and I was seated, and it went by my ear and put a <laughs> hole in the sheetrock. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, those things that are was moving. was at Missouri State. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't think people realize how fast those balls are moving. You know, if they make it on the fly up to a booth. Oh, if they if they make it into the booth, uh, there's no lollipop to them. It's it's a just miss, and it's coming in a hurry. I'd I'd love to know the official mile per hour on yeah. it because it had to be ninety. I mean, it was it was zipping. I bet it was. What Coach Tadlock say? What's he said about it? Uh, not much. <laughs> not much at all. I mean, yeah. It's just an, I, just I go, another I, day at the office. Yeah, I go, Coach, you see my catch? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. That was <laughs> that's about it. it. Oh, great. Thanks, Coach. Oh, yeah. man, that's really cool. Uh, Jeff Haxton is our guest, play-by-play uh, -play for Texas Tech baseball and basketball and does an outstanding job at both. And uh, you got the Bears in Lubbock this weekend. Yep. What do you think about this uh, three-game series that starts tonight? Well, I think we're going to learn a lot about both sides. Um, can Baylor jump up and, and be a contender? Uh, to, to finish in the top three, or do they get sent the other way? Um, can the Red Raiders uh, put themselves in position to where they can make a late-season charge to try to catch TCU or Texas? Um, we're going to see how this kind of mash unit looks tonight because Texas Tech has had so many injuries. So far, they've been able to hold it together and play some good baseball. Um, it, I find it funny that you know, you've lost Dylan Noisy, Kurt Wilson, Brandon Birdsell. And you've gone all the way up to fifth in the rankings. That's that's nuts to me that you've been able to hold it together like this and play good enough baseball that not only are you holding it together, but you're ascending in the rankings, which 
is wild to think about that you've got that kind of depth. Uh, but I want to see, you know, how our starting pitchers look because the, the at one point, J-Mo, the entire starting outfield was out with injuries. Wow. Um, your pitching had really gotten jumbled because Birdsell was your Friday night guy. Former Aggie was up here throwing an easy 96, and then he had rotator cuff issues. So now it's been just kind of turned on its ear. And Patrick Monteverde, who used to pitch on Saturdays, pitching on Friday. And Mason Montgomery got taken out of the starting rotation because he had a bad outing at K-State. Then he's the national pitcher of the week, striking out 12 Mountaineers. Mike Dallas was a reliever. Now he's the Saturday starter. So there's a lot going on, and I want to see how it looks this weekend. And Jeff, and you were talking about all those injuries. Was that the the factor of not having a midweek game this week is try to get some rest and preparation for this series with Baylor? I think they shut down the midweek this week because it was going to be a wind chill of 29 and uh, being in Amarillo, I think it was really going to be howling. But I think that the, the injuries do do play a part. They they want as many midweeks as they can get because they want to get those those back-end arms that aren't getting a whole lot of time some real time so they can see if they can depend on them in a set with Baylor or Texas or Oklahoma or um, Kansas coming up. So we've missed so many midweeks. That's what's been the biggest part of this, uh, this season is just the lack of midweek games. I know they really wanted to play that, but also you don't want to risk any more injuries. Uh, they're 20 and two at home this season. Why, what makes them so successful at home under coach Ted Lott? The crowd's amazing. They know how to play the wind. They know how to judge those conditions. I've never seen a bunch uh, play to the conditions like Texas Tech. Now, I haven't been around a ton of other programs, but these guys, if it's a north wind, they're trying to stay inside the ball and head it to the right side. If it's the prevailing southwesterly wind, they're trying to turn on it with big flies or, or the left-handers go the opposite way. They know how to play every nuance of the ballpark, and then they've got thousands of great fans that support them like crazy and, and really give them a good lift. And they've been pretty darn talented with their personnel. Combine all those things, it's really hard to beat Texas Tech and Lubbock. Yeah, your guys do that as well as any team I've seen, really. Just play to the conditions. Uh, 54 home runs, most in the Big 12. Uh, Jace Young leads the league with 15 home runs. Uh, it, that's part of it. I mean, to when the wind's blowing out uh, and those guys know how to – you know, kind of have that upward swing and get the ball in the air and let it fly. They've done it so well, J-Mo. This is your five for me. And, and I'll just, you know, if, if you were to set me down and like not uh, somehow not tell me, somehow not let me see the flags, not let me feel the conditions, <laughs> yeah. I could tell you which way the wind's blowing by watching batting practice. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Uh, is Adios Muchachos still a part of the uh, uh, Lexicon? Of course. Very good. Of course. Very good. Yeah. I, I, I still want a T-shirt, so uh, put me one aside, okay? All right. Well, I, I think we're down to just mediums. Oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work for you or me. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait for the reorder. Um, what about uh, you're sitting at 7-5 and five in the conference. Texas and TCU lead the league. They are both 10-2 and two in conference. Um, do you feel like, I mean, you said it, do you feel like you can make a push and challenge either the Longhorns or the Horned Frogs for a conference title? Going to have to start sweeping some folks, and that's not easy to do. So 
the, the Red Raiders backs are against the wall for a conference championship. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I wouldn't write them off. You're going to have to get some help from other teams to knock off a TCU or a Texas to give themselves some losses. Right now, the only team that's given TCU any losses is Texas Tech. The Red Raiders won two or three here in Lubbock with the Horn Frogs. So, um, they, they won the first game. The Red Raiders won the next two. TCU has played the tougher of the two schedules between the Horns and the Frogs. So I think TCU right now, just uh, around halfway, a little over halfway, is a big favorite to win it all. And final thought, you talk about the crowds. You all have a great home field advantage there at Dan Law Field. Uh, you, you, don't, uh, you don't mess around with uh, 25, 50, 75%. You just say, come on, we'll make a spot for you. Come on in. Well, it was that way to start. It was 50% at the start of the year in February and March. And then, you know, Lubbock had it really bad with COVID. And our numbers started to really go down. And then the vaccines started to kick in. And then at some point it was, all right, if you want to come to the game, you can come. So it should be a full house tonight. Yeah, that's what we're expecting for sure. Hey, I appreciate your time. You know, I always enjoy visiting with you. I appreciate your work and uh, have good calls this weekend. Thanks, J-Mo. Always good to hear your voice, man. All right, man. Thanks very much. The great Jeff Haxton, the voice of Texas Tech baseball and basketball.